Kentucky. Gets the snap. Looks to throw. Looking left. Looking left. Running left. Still holding the ball as if to throw. Cranks and fires toward the end zone. Wilson's throw for a touchdown. Garrett Wilson, the Buckeye freshman receiver, underneath a pass from Justin Fields. Just back in off of injury. A 30-yard touchdown pass. And Ohio State is up their lead to 41-16 over Michigan. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. My name is Nick. This is the Buckeye Sports Blitz. Today's going to be a fun show. We are going to talk about the wide receiver group, potentially one of the best in the country this upcoming season. Without a doubt, it's definitely one of the most talented, just maybe not as experienced as last year's group. But in the end, they might be better than last year's group. Please email the show, thebuckeyesportsblitz at gmail.com. Ask me a question. Are there concerns? Uh, maybe about a, a position? Maybe the upcoming season? So email the show, thebuckeyesportsblitz at gmail.com. Ask me a question. So if you're enjoying the show so far, please give us a five-star review. However you listen, thank you for listening. Yeah, we had some uh, crazy college football this weekend, and I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I didn't watch one snap. I was golfing all weekend. I'm trying to get as much golf in as I can to end the year before the weather turns. So, um, and that's the beauty of Sports Center. And uh, you look, uh, Oklahoma lost to Kansas 35-38. I, uh, well, that's Oklahoma is one of my playoff teams. Um, it's going to be interesting with this shortened season uh, if they, you know, because in the past everybody can kind of afford a loss, and Oklahoma has been one of those teams the last couple of years. It has had a loss and still gotten in. So um, it's going to be curious if they're, they're going to be able to make that up. But that Oklahoma is one of my playoff teams. They just can't get the defense right down there. Um, it really kind of reminds me of Ohio State a couple of years ago with Greg Schiano that they were one of the worst defenses ever in America, and then the following year, just by getting the right coaches and tweaking a couple of different things, uh, they were, the following year, the best defense in America. So Oklahoma kind of reminds me of that situation where it's not that they don't have guys. They have dudes on that defense. They just can't seem to put it together. And then Texas, same thing. They just got Chris Ash, uh, our former guy, that defensive coordinator who won a championship with Ohio State in 2014, He's now reunited with Tom Herman down in Texas, and, and he's supposed to fix that defense. And, and Texas struggled. Again, they had to come from behind, but still at a ton of points. Um, the Big 12 just doesn't play defense. And uh, then also you had number 10, Texas A&M, winning 17-12 to against Vanderbilt. So um, Texas A&M, there's a top 10 team that didn't quite look as good. And again, I didn't watch the game. I'm just basically judging this off the scores. And LSU lost to Mississippi State 34-44. So obviously no Joe Brady, their offensive genius, and no Joe Burrow this year. LSU looks like a different team. Number 14, Cincinnati beat number 22, Army, 24-10. Good for Luke Fickle. He's doing good things down there. They like him down in Cincinnati. All right, let's move on to the wide receivers. There are three wide receivers off to the NFL. K.J. Hill, Austin Mack, and Benjamin Victor, and also C.J. Saunders did not get his sixth-year 
of eligibility. So that's going to be a blow to the team, to the locker room. He was definitely going to be in the rotation. You look at the top two guys coming back, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. That's pretty much the experience. Chris Olave had his breakout year last year, 48 catches, 848 yards, 12 touchdowns, 17 and a half yards per catch. That number right there says that just he's got take the top off the defense capability. And he is. He's a deep ball threat. He reminds me a little bit of Devin Smith, kind of the speed and how he's able to get behind defenders and create a lot of separation, which is going to make Justin Fields' job so much easier. And Garrett Wilson, he had 30 receptions. This is true freshman year. So he's a true freshman. He was the number one receiver coming out. And he's so far, it seems like he's living up to the hype. If anybody hasn't seen his high school highlight video of senior year, go look it up on YouTube. It's insane. And you're going to see that those catches, that catch he had against Clemson in the bowl game, that's routine. And he's not very tall. I don't even think he's six foot. He might be 5'11", but he's got an insane catch radius, and he's got some insane hops. He can flat out jump out of the gym and, and look to see those catches routinely this year. And it's been official. They moved him to the slot position where KJ Hill played last year and not a knock on KJ, but Garrett Wilson can just, he he can do a little bit more. He's more explosive. He's more dangerous. And his freshman year, he had 30 receptions, 432 yards, five touchdowns and 14 and a half yards per catch, which is still a, a, you know, pretty good number. So you can see he too, when he gets the ball in his hands, he can make plays. Uh, He's very polished. He came in polished. I think by the end of the year, he will be one of the top playmakers and not just for the Buckeyes, but in the entire country. And he can't come out. So when he comes out after his junior year, you're looking at a very, very high potential draft pick. Maybe the highest in Ohio State receiver has gone in a very long time. So look for Garrett Wilson to be uh, he's going to be very dynam- dynamic with him playing in the slot, and he's not going to line up in the slot 100% of the time. You can do things with him, and it's going to be a mismatch nightmare for the opposing defensive coaches. So if you put a linebacker on him, obviously that's a mismatch. Garrett's going to win that every time. Uh, if you put your number one corner on him, then, okay, who's going to cover Chris Olave? So it's going to be a mismatch nightmare for the opposing defenses. I think he's going to have a breakout year. And it might be one of the the top wide receiver uh, one-two punch in the nation with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. I'm really excited to see what those guys can do. And then the third guy, uh, it's going to be our number three, true sophomore, Jamison Williams. Um, he has big, big play ability, and it's going to be fun to see if he can put it together. He's a true sophomore, so he came in with Garrett Wilson last year. And he had one catch for a touchdown, his only touchdown last year. And if you remember, it was Gunnar Hoke's only touchdown that he threw. And it was just a little, you know, just supposed to be a little 10-yard play or something, and he ended up taking it to the house. And I'm not just – this isn't my opinion. I've heard people within the program and other coaches and and media members ask coaches, and I've heard ex-coaches and former players – have referenced him potentially. I mean, I've heard Ted Ginn 2.0, Ted Ginn-esque. I've, I just listened to something again. I, I watched a clip of uh, Brian Hartline asked about Jamison Williams because he played with Ted, and he, he, and he pretty much said, yeah, he, he would agree with that. He 
He is a state record holder in the state of Missouri in the 300-meter hurdle. And that was previously held by uh, another Buckeye great, Zeke Elliott. He's won two state track and field titles his junior year in high school. And that's very similar to to Ted Ginn with his track uh, background. So, again, those not I, I'm not going to sit here and take credit and tell you I told you that this guy's going to be the next Ted Ginn. I don't really like doing that, uh, but all that that's the word that I'm hearing out of the program and from other media members and other national shows is uh, that this guy is very Ted Ginn-like with his speed, and he might just be the fastest guy in the entire country and probably the fastest guy on Ohio State's team right now. And, you know, he's 6'2". He's, got, he's, he's very long. Very got some length to him, uh, but he needs to put some weight on. He, I don't know if he's around 170 now. I know he came in at 170. I'm sure that's gone up, but I haven't seen where he's at now. I mean, he was a top 100 recruit. Like I've touched on one of the other shows is once you start flirting in that 100, 150 range as far as the rankings, I mean, that's the elite of the elite when it comes to high school talent. You know, he's a top 100 player. Um it's really going to be interesting to see what he can do, and, and that's a pretty lethal punch with Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Jamison Williams. And senior Jalen Harris out of Cleveland Heights, he's a big guy, 6'5", 210 pounds. He was a former four-star. I don't even – I think he has one catch in his whole career. Um, I don't know if he's got migraine issues. I heard this week he hasn't been practicing because some headaches or something potentially – um, be interesting to see if he's a guy that can get in the mix. And he's another guy, you know, he waited his turn. He's talented and we'll see what he can do with it. And then Cameron Babb, we'll see what he can do. Coaches, you know, I've heard some good things about him. Six, 190 pounds, another, uh, player from Missouri. And he was another top 80 player nationally and uh senior Elijah Gardner. I think he's a senior. I don't know if he redshirted. He was a three-star. He, I mean, he barely cracked the top 800 uh, players coming out of high school, so he was not very highly recruited. But he's long and lanky, 6'5", 185 pounds. He's still on the team as far as I know. He hasn't transferred. Um, I don't even think if he has re- re- a, a catch recorded in his career, but that'll be interesting to see, you know, if he's going to be in the rotation. I know they talk about they want to have a six-man rotation, so somebody's going to get in there. And also, don't forget, Jeremy Ruckert is just a glorified receiver. So I, I think they're going to do some things with Ruckert and line him up maybe in the slot or put him on, on the outside just because they can. Then it's going to be real interesting to see how these incoming four freshmen, Jackson Smith and Jigma, G. Scott Jr., Mookie Cooper and Julian Fleming, all very highly sought after recruits. Maybe one of them uh, or two of them late in the year might be be heavily involved in the rotation, just like Garrett Wilson was last year. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And we're going to talk about them. We're going to feature them on another episode. That's pretty much, that's going to be the wide receiver group. It's has the ability. And I think those top three guys, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Jamison Williams, each three provide their own unique set of abilities. Um, Each three are very versatile, very dynamic, very explosive. And when you, on top of that, have, maybe one of the best offensive lines in the country, 
one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Uh, look out, we might have one of the best offenses ever to come through the door here at Ohio State. So it's going to be really exciting to see. And uh, really, I think it's going to be built around Justin's, Justin Fields and the wide receivers. And I think Brian Hartline deserves a ton of credit for the recent success Ohio State has had in the wide receiver room. Not only is he a great coach, he's a great recruiter. And uh, here was Tim May from the formerly Columbus Dispatch asking him about that. Right next door, Tim. Yeah, Brian, playing off of that, you know, you're recognized nationally as one of the great recruiters out there right now. Uh, what is it that you like about it? Or, or I mean, and, and then has it come naturally almost to you? So this recruiting, like, recruiter, like, yeah. term just rubs me, like, the wrong way all the time. Like, I feel like, you know, to me – Again, I'm just, you know, it's not a business. Like These are like young men that just want to figure out where they want to go to school, and they're trying to find a coach that they can relate to and a program they understand the culture, and, and that's all it is. I mean, what are we talking about? Like, it's Ohio State. Like, this is the best program in the country. So all you just got to do is talk about it, and I think if I talk about it, I could probably detail my drive into work every day, and when I see the baseball field and I can see the track and I can see shot and see over, I mean, it's, this place is amazing. So I just try to communicate that as clearly as possible. I try, hopefully, you know, my passion comes through for why I like coaching and, and why I like, you know, the receiver play and the art form and how much I love it. But, you know, I, I guess, um, you know, it's Coach Pantone, it's Coach Day. It's all, it's, it's not me. I'm just, I guess I get the, the headline, but I, I just, you know, I feel like the puppet, you know. So, you know, I, again, I don't know how to really answer that question. I don't, I don't, it's not a one-person job. There's a bunch of people that go involved in this, and let alone the parents. I mean, the parents, it's hard to recruit a young man if you can't come to your school. So the, the, the sacrifices they make to uh, have them come up here and then the communication and, and then the head coaches involved at different schools, there's so much that goes into it. It's just not one person. Now, uh, do, I enjoy, do I enjoy the recruiting tag? No, I do not. But what I do enjoy, I do enjoy being able to find young men that want to be coached the position and try to reach an ultimate goal they've dreamt about since they were five years old. That's cool. That's cool. So um, obviously you want to build a room that they complement each other and do different things. But in the end, my job is to make sure they are surrounded by talent. I mean, coaching is great, and I agree with that. We make a large impact. But there's no better impact than peer-to-peer impact. So this young man's only going to be as good as he has to be to play at Ohio State. And when he's starting, at what point are you getting pushed? I mean, yes, I can still keep barking at you. But when you see your peer maybe outworking you or doing this better or whatever else, it makes you better. And that's the biggest thing. That was the biggest impact that San Antonio Holmes and Ted Ginn and, and so on and so forth all had an impact on me, Anthony Gonzalez, and they're all first-rounders. So it's like that's the environment we want to create along with the phenomenal culture with Coach Day. So all of the four of these young men – uh, you know, relish in that, love that. We have two quarterbacks. I mean, that's unheard of that want to, you know, are willing to compete. I feel the same way about the receivers. These are phenomenal receivers that would go anywhere else in the country and probably be, you know, maybe their guy or whatever. But in the end, they want to be together. They want to learn together. They want to push each other. And that's just phenomenal. All right, that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening, however you may be listening. Be safe, Buckeye Nation. Go Bucks. <laughs>